The National Sign Utility Men Nick Senzel to a contract. Where does he fit in? I'll discuss next on this edition of the Talk Nats podcast. Welcome in to this edition of the Talk Nats podcast, part of the Believe Podcast Network. I'm so glad you decided to join me today. As always, this podcast is free and available on all the major platforms. My name is Dan Holmey. You can find me on Twitter. It's at DanCaps218. You can find the show on Twitter. It's at TalkNats. Today's episode is brought to you by Manscaped. Take 20% off plus free shipping when you use promo code MINUTECAST at Manscaped.com. We're also brought to you by SeatGeek. Take $20 off your first ticket purchase when you use promo code TalkNats at SeatGeek.com. That's promo code T-A-L-K-N-A-T-S for $20 off at SeatGeek.com. Yes, that's good for capitals, commanders, wizards, music comedy, and so much more. All $20 off at SeatGeek.com. So in this edition of the TalkNats podcast, we talk about the recent acquisition of Nick Senzel and ultimately where will he fit into the lineup. Some of the things that we know for sure right off the top here is that the Nationals appeared to be in on Jamer Candelario, but then Candelario was signed by the Cincinnati Reds and shortly thereafter Senzel gets a contract with the Nationals. Is that a coincidence? I ultimately don't think so. But I think that there's some pretty good upside here. He was the second overall pick in 2016. And the good thing about him, you know, one of the biggest things about him is he is a utility player. He can play center field, third base, second base, left field. So there is some flexibility there. So some of those positions will speak to Nick right off the bat, and those are third base. There's questions about who is going to play at third this coming season here. Is it going to be Carter Keboom? I think Brady House is still a little ways out. Um, So that is a possibility. Second base, we know that Luis Garcia is a question mark. And then you take a look at the outfield, which, you know, a lot of people say, why aren't they signing that big name outfielder? To that, I would say, why would the Nationals do that when they have many prospects in the pipeline that will either join this team either this next season or the following season? It ultimately doesn't make sense. I'm talking James Wood. I'm talking Dylan Cruz. So I think that, you know, to the people out there that are saying, Dan, why aren't they signing this big name outfielder? or this other player is that the Nationals have plenty of options uh, as far as prospects, not to mention I think that Stone Garrett would be a viable option as well. But as far as Nick Senzel is concerned, I th- I-, I like the deal. Uh, the Nat signed former Reds utility man Nick Senzel to a $2 million deal plus $1 million in incentives overnight. A source familiar with the deal confirmed this came shortly after Cincinnati signed former Nats third baseman Jamer Candelario for a reported three years and 45 
million. Uh, quite a deal for Jamer Candelario, and ultimately good for him. You know, he came here from the Detroit Tigers, kind of trying to uh, find his way. It was a reclamation project for the Nationals, and in turn, he contributed and, and played a huge role on the team while he was here. We were able to flip him and get some solid players. So all things considered, I like it. Senzel, 28 years old, was non-tendered by the Reds last month after a second straight disappointing season during which he batted 236 297 399 with 13 homers and 42 RBIs in 104 games his defense versatility though remains a strength and this kind of is familiar and similar to what happened last season when the Nationals signed Dom Smith to a deal. As we know, he was the first baseman for the Nationals, but he will not be with the team next year. There are still some questions at first base. So uh, he is a utility player. One of the positions listed was not first base. Ultimately, is that a possibility? Uh, I don't know at this point. Senzel has played, like I said, center field, third base, second base, left field, and right field during his five-year career. The Nationals could use help at several of those positions in the short term, so it's possible they'll have him move around the field depending on their needs on any given day. I don't ultimately expect the Nationals to make any big moves uh, as far as fielding positions are concerned. Uh, like I talked about off the top of the show, there are plenty of options in the outfield uh, with prospects. There are some options for prospects in the infield, not as many as the outfield, but having that versatility of a really solid utility man is going to be key for the Nationals. If I see any big moves taking place between now and the start of the season, I could see them trying to swing for the fences and go after a big-name veteran pitcher, some someone to kind of hold down and be a mentor to a lot of the young pitchers that are on the Nationals pitching staff. So that is my assessment on the Nationals thus far. Senzel came to the Reds with high hopes of becoming a star. It didn't happen, however, after a solid rookie season in 2019. He missed substantial amount of time due to injury. Um, so is he going to be the long-term solution for the Nationals? No, I didn't say that, but I think that he is one of the missing pieces that was needed just based on the fact that Jamer Candelario signed a deal uh, with the Reds. And ultimately, uh, you take a look at Senzel. He is more versatile. He can play more positions. So I like this move, um, but this is just one move that has taken place. I still think that they need to pick up that solid first baseman. I know that there's been some smaller moves that have taken place over the last couple days, but none of those speak to me as like there's their first baseman. Merry Baldness from our friends at Manscaped. The holidays are approaching, but what if I told you that the celebrations are starting early this year? It turns out the perfect gift does exist, and who else to bring it down to your chimney than the leaders and below-the-waist grooming? Keep calm and let your balls jingle this season with Manscaped's brand-new Performance Package 5.0 Ultra. Featuring the new Lawnmower 5.0, watch all your wishes and mistletoe kisses come true. Look nice when you're going naughty by going to manscaped.com and use promo code MINUTECAST for 20 percent off plus free shipping unwrap the gift of smoothness this season with manscaped manscaped's package 5.0 ultra is the ultimate bundle for the man who deserves it all included in the special sack is the lawnmower 5.0 ultra the weed whacker 2.0 ear and nose hair trimmer manscaped's liquid formulations and two free gifts starting with santa's number one helper we have the lawnmower 5.0 ultra this fifth generation trimmer features two next gen blade head a standard trimmer blade for taking a little off the top and a new foil blade to go for that 
smooth finish wherever your heart desires. The Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra Body Trimmer and the Weed Whacker 2.0 Nose and Ear Hair Trimmer features proprietary advanced skin-safe technology to protect your delicate presence. Plus, both are waterproof, so there's no issue clearing the snow out of your driveway. Now that you've groomed the candy cane, it's time to make sure you don't smell like a reindeer with the Crop Soother, Aftershave Lotion, and Crop Preserver Anti-Chafe Ball Deodorant. Once they touch your sack, you'll never go back. The gift of Manscaped doesn't stop there. This bundle comes with two free gifts, Manscaped's Boxers 2.0 Premium Underwear and the Shed 2.0 Toiletry Bag. Once you're done shaping up, it's only right you put your pants present in the best wrapping at all, the Boxers 2.0. These are seriously the best boxers I've ever worn. Get 20% off and free shipping with promo code MINUTECAST at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use promo code M-I-N-U-T-E-C-A-S-T. Manscaped, get your jingle balls ready for the holidays. We know that Joey Manessis has been tossed around, but uh, I don't see him being a night-in, night-out first baseman. Um, ultimately, I think that they should listen to offers on Joey Manessis and see if there's any upgrades available. If you take a look at him, I mean, he didn't have quite the season last season, I think, that the Nationals were hoping for. Uh, he does have a bit of pop in his bat. I'm ultimately uh, kind of surprised he wasn't picked up on the trade deadline last season. But, um, you know, these players that are that are on this team right now, other than, you know, any prospect players uh, that we've seen, like on the pitching staff, everything's in flux for the most part. Uh, if, if you take a look around the diamond, you know, C.J. Abrams, he's not going anywhere. Uh, you take a look at... Adams, you take a look at Josiah Gray. Listen, the young guys aren't going anywhere. The key pieces to this team, but everyone else is kind of in flux. If you take a look around around uh, the the diamond and, and the outfield there, that's ultimately the case. I guess one exception to that would be Lane Thomas. I don't see him going anywhere, but uh, you know I wouldn't rule that out either. If there was a big enough offer out there, I think anything is possible. But taking a look back at Senzel here, uh, a solid move for the Nationals uh, as they were looking to solidify, you know, certain positions. And he's not going to solidify one given position. He is going to be an option for several different positions. And that is key for the Nationals as they are still working their way back in this rebuild. And this rebuild, you know, despite uh, the fact that they finished in last place, is going really well, all things considered. I mean, they showed improvement over the previous season and uh, I expect them to show even more improvement this following season so I I guess I would say that patience uh, is the biggest thing as Nationals fans is concerned that you know maybe this team isn't going to be in first place next season but they're going to show steps of improvement now here is the long-term plan for the Nationals once we start to see a lot of the prospects on the team, Dylan Cruz, uh, you know, Brady House, James Wood, those kind of players, then they will kind of start going all in on solidifying the other positions. But they're not going to go out and spend a ton of money on a center fielder if they have a potential option and a prospect, uh, you know, just given the fact that there is still Victor Robles in the equation. Yes, that Victor Robles, a question mark uh, suffices to say, but he is at least a good band-aid, a good stopgap until we see this influx of prospects. And once the prospects are on this team, look out. Uh, The sky is the limit for this team. So I'm ultimately really excited about this. Uh, The difficult thing for me is I really liked Jamer Candelario. He expressed interest uh, in coming back here. 
But now he's going out to Cincinnati, uh, which, you know, I, I mean, I don't fault him. They offered him a three-year deal worth uh, an average $15 million, uh, plus incentives, plus a fourth-year option for $15 mil. So, uh, you know, I, I can't fault Jamer for doing it. And ultimately, I think that Rizzo uh, did a good thing by signing Nick Senzel to a contract. He seems versatile. There are some questions with his offense. Uh, defense definitely seems to be his strong suit. But, again, these are all steps in the right direction for the Nationals, and that's what it's all about, is getting this team in a position to be competitive uh, going forward. I don't think that this is going to be a team you know, like the Pirates or, you know, a deplorable team uh, in baseball that's going to just, you know, wander out into the wilderness for years. I think that um, it is taking steps in the master plan of being competitive in years to come. Uh, in other Nationals related news, if you, you know, are living under a rock, maybe you didn't hear that Juan Soto uh, signed a contract with the New York Yankees. Wow, what a big deal uh, for Juan Soto. And just it kind of speaks to what a mess it is for the Padres. That is a team that always goes all in on players, but it never turns into anything. I would say the last five years or so, we have seen that take place for uh, the Padres, but it never really seems to come to fruition. You know, they'll make these big moves and spend a ton of money, and it's still, it doesn't equal wins. So I think that the Yankees got a lot better. I think that the Padres are still a mess, but an interesting move on one. One former national, and uh, ultimately, I wish Juan Soto nothing but the best. Listen, I want to thank you for joining me on this edition of the Talk Nats podcast simulcast on the Believe in Nationals podcast feed. My name is Dan Holmey, and I'll talk to you again next time. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.